Tom, you had a case of a patient who got salingitis. Right. So this man is actually a town councillor in my region, found to have a right parietal mass, operated and found to have glioblastoma. It was subtotally resected. And he was enrolled in the upfront selangitide trial, which is a combination radiation temozolomide and biweekly selangitide. The selangitide started concurrent with radiation treatment and then continued biweekly until progression. Temodar in that particular trial was only continued for six months and then selangitide for the longer term. And he actually got an excellent objective response of his residual disease. Incidentally, the responses to selangitide are much slower than are seen with bevacizumab because I don't think it's a vascular stabilizing effect. It may well be a, a true antiangiogenic effect. And the patterns of progression are rather more conventional. It's solid nodular contrast enhancement rather than this diffuse infiltrating pattern we see with bevacizumab. But he did well with no adverse events, and he just had this part-time job of going in twice a week for his infusions, and he did well for three and a half years. Three and a half years? Wow. Yeah, with objective response until his penultimate scan, so it did exceptionally well. And then objective progression with new satellite nodules that were conventional solid nodular contrast rather than this infiltrating pattern. So he was not rebiopsied, but he was enrolled on the sidirinib recurrence trial. And this is the randomized trial that Tracy talks about. And he was randomized to lamustine's either placebo sidirinib. It's blinded, so we don't know for sure. And he's now on that trial and doing well six months out. He certainly has fatigue, he has diarrhea, and he actually is rather depressed because these are adverse events that he's not experienced at all in the previous three and a half years. So I guess you're thinking he's probably got active drugs. <laughs> That's what we're thinking. Well, so, you know, mind you, Lamustine is not particularly well tolerated either, but he's certainly got the diarrhea you wouldn't expect. So Tough we think he's on the fully loaded arm, yeah. Tim, we're going to talk later about research strategies, but do you think that these kinds of trials, these kinds of agents, is this the way to go? Is it the translational work that's really going to help us here? I think there's two aspects. One is the drug company's goals, and then there's kind of our research community goals. And... Sometimes they're very similar and sometimes they're a little bit different. And I think we still don't understand a lot of things that we are accomplishing when we have VEGF inhibition, whether it's at the receptor or whether it's at the ligand level. And we certainly don't have a good idea of what happens at progression, what kind of resistance occurs. And we are seeing these benefits, and we could measure benefits compared to our historical control. We could see a difference in six-month progression-free survival. We could see a difference in response rate. But moving forward from here, we don't know how to compare bevacizumab versus bevacizumab plus something else. We don't yet have enough data to develop what would normally be a historical control. We're going to have to do randomized studies in order to answer that, and we're going to have to learn how to power them effectively. We don't know how to power them effectively yet because the data that comes from either of these, it's just we don't have enough data yet. But there has to be a strong push towards obtaining tissue at recurrence. Again, this is really a wonderful opportunity for us. This is a great opportunity for our field, and we have the ability to make a pretty significant advance if we could figure out mechanisms of resistance, especially in the patients who had previously responded to bevacizumab, and I think the same thing would be true for sidirinib. Did I see something about PARP inhibitors mm -hmm. in GBM? What do we know about that, Tom? Right. So the PARP inhibitors are a new class that have had some good press in breast cancer, but this is another avenue of uh, DNA repair. We talked about MGMT as being a one pathway of DNA repair. PARP is an inhibitor of the alternate pathway, and there are at least two inhibitors now that are in active use. These have the ability 
not to have single agent activity, but to synergize well with chemotherapy. So you have the induction of the DNA injury, and right. then you're inhibiting DNA repair. And so there are two of those that are currently in trial. The BSI-201 drug that was looked at in triple negative breast cancer is in use in a phase one slash two trial with the Brain Tumor Consortia. We're currently doing that one. And what chemo is that with? So with Temidar. Hmm. Right. So the current treatment plan is to treat patients in the post-radiation phase. This is the safety run-in where patients will be treated with either five-day Temidar or prolonged scheduled Temidar in cycling cohorts. Once those are proven safe, they'll be moved up front. So they're in the second of those phases. So, Jim, if we have this conference again, let's say three years from now, what's going to be going on in this field in terms of non-protocol therapy, and where is the cutting edge going to be in terms of research? I think that non-protocol therapy, the majority of patients will get anti-VEGF therapy right from the beginning, and I think you'll see a significant improvement in survival, and I think all the protocol therapy will be directed at synergy with anti-VEGF compounds, as well as understanding VEGF resistance. And three years from now, I think we'll be well on our way to answering those questions.